time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Thursday January the 26th, 2023, Memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. Praise be to God. Good morning. Going to be a great show today. In fact, Emma Jo Morris is going to be back on the program from Breitbart. We're going to be unraveling the classified document uh, fiasco. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure you have classified documents in your house. Have you even checked? I don't even know. I mean, uh, what is the real crux of this story? What's going on what are the details? Image of Morris joins us at 35 past the hour to cover that story. At 15 past the hour, we're going to cover this uh, very controversial story coming out. Uh, Pope Benedict, or rather Pope Francis, having a conversation with the AP, basically saying being homosexual is not a crime, wants to decriminalize all homosexual activity. So we're going to have that conversation. What does the church teach about this? What is the dust up? I'll share the story with you. And what does St. Paul have to say about something very, very similar to that? All of that coming up in this hour. Hey, Brent Haynes is going to be on the top of the next hour for those that can join us. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley has proposed the Pelosi Act. We're going to cover that. I mean, it seems like, yeah, Congress shouldn't be trading in stocks, you know, because they might have insider information, you think. Well, uh, Trafalgar Group says... That 76% believe, Americans believe Congress has an unfair advantage. 76 of Americans, 76% of Americans. So Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. Most of America says they ought not to be doing it. But why, why do bills like this never get through? Brent Haynes will chime in. Hey, a new golden idol has been erected in New York City to abortion. Uh, at least that's what the artist who created the idol says. It's in, in uh, sort of to give honor to the uh, the. Supreme Court justice and to abortion itself. And I guess it's going to do a travel. It's going to come to even Houston. It's going to come down to our neck of the woods soon, too, as well. Uh, Donald Trump is being reinstated to Facebook. Um, Okay, great. I don't think he cares, and neither do I, to be honest with you. Uh, California lawmakers, this one's for you, Rudy. California is really trying to get this bill through. As a lawmaker, the, I'm very interested in this story. As someone who identifies as a law, because you're wearing the tie A California lawmaker. You got the lawmaker tie look Thank today, you. so I can see it. I object. So California lawmakers apparently have you in mind, because they are trying okay. to get a bill passed that would say that even if you, the California resident, flee the state and go live some, somewhere else, they can still tax you. The world's wealthiest <laughs> Californians can't hide any longer. So they're coming after you, brother. That's a true story confirmed. They're still sending me tax mm-hmm. information. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, your business that closed five, five mm-hmm. years ago, um, are you going to register it again? Because if not, we're going to dock you. Right. We're going to dock you with a penalty. You have an obligation to continue to live and do business in California. They also asked me, even though I've registered my car in Texas, mm-hmm. they were saying, hey, you have to register your car here in, in California. Wow. Somehow it was Good not times. taken out of the DMV database. Somehow. Somehow. I have no idea. Some, I wonder if they're going to elect the Chinese CCP, uh, you know, like undercover police stations in New York. I wonder if they're going to do like something similar in Texas with undercover California agents here to harass you. Joe, did you say that mm. there's a golden idol making uh, rounds? <laughs> Why are you changing Did the you subject? say that? 
Uh, yeah, actually. Well, maybe yeah. we should do a little bit of a Boniface treatment on it. Oh, Just saying. Millstonations. Hey, by the way, today is Mark Houck's, uh, uh I think it's his second or third day on trial. He's facing the FACE Act charge, uh, possibly 11 years in prison. Today he takes the stand. So please say a, a special prayer for Mark Houck if you could. Uh, speaking of people who need special prayers, Adrian Fonseca is here in the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Have you... Uh, you brush up on your swimming skills, doggy well, paddle? I have, or I have like, bad news can, for everybody. Can you float or what? I have bad news for everybody. <clears throat> Today um, mm-hmm. is my last day mm-hmm. for the week because I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. <laughs> I'm getting allegedly. my stuff. I'm packing up. Allegedly. And I'm going to get on a boat in the Gulf yeah. of Mexico. So I found mm-hmm. out where I'm going. I'm oh, going to the oh. Gulf of Mexico. Oh, yeah? I didn't know yesterday. I see. I did find out. You, did you think you were going to the Pacific Ocean? Dude, I had no idea Atlantic? where I was going. Have you, I, have, I had no have idea. you potentially seen a map it was at like, any time in your life? I'm honestly, just, just curious. I, didn't even, I thought maybe we were going out of Galveston, but we're not. Which is awesome. And so now I had to factor in. Right? So I was like, oh, yeah, we're probably going to leave from Galveston. Nope. So I'm gonna drive five hours to where we're going, and I was like, "Oh crud!" Now I gotta change my entire schedule. But there you go, folks. You'll be all right. It'll be great. Praise be to God. We wish you well and uh, pray for your success. Hopefully, you'll come back with a giant tuna, and then we can do a tuna deer meat swap deal. Deal. (laughs) Deal. Let's do this. Uh, By the way, before we pray, uh, we are having a very special announcement for you tomorrow. Please tune in, and we will tell you all about it. Did you say happy birthday? Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. Hey, Luz, one of our super insider fans who hangs out with us on our Telegram group every day, uh, Angel Gabriel, her son, turned nine yesterday. Happy birthday, Angel. You're amazing. Praise be to God. Thanks for being on the team. And we will be praying for you today, Angel. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, January 26th. I'm Rudy Carlos with your latest breaking news and stories. This one is from Reuters. At least one dead and several injured in a machete attack at a southern Spain church. Or churches, rather. The man who was killed uh, was Diego Valencia, a sacristan at Nuestra Señora de la Palma church while the titular priest of the parish church of San Isidro, Antonio Rodriguez, was among the injured and is in serious condition, the Algeciras city spokesperson said. Police said the suspect first entered the San Isidro church and attacked Rodriguez. A statement by the Algeciras Salesians said Rodriguez, who was 74, had been celebrating the Eucharist when he was attacked. The assailant then went into Nuestra Señora de la Palma, where he damaged property before attacking Valencia, who fled the church but was chased by the subject, who inflicted further fatal injuries on him outside, the police said in a statement. The Daily Caller reports Ukraine sets sights on Western fighter jets immediately after securing tanks. The next big hurdle will now be fighter jets, Defense Ministry Advisor Yuri Sachs said. They didn't want to give us heavy artillery. Then they did. They didn't want to give us Himar systems. Then they did. They didn't want to give us tanks, and now they're giving us tanks, said Sack. Apart from nuclear weapons, there's nothing left that we cannot get, he added. Sounds like a spoiled child, to be honest with you. Breitbart reports, Great Reset Watch. EU gives green light for use of two insect species for human food. 
As of Tuesday, a powdered form of Aketa domesticus, better known as a house cricket, will be given the green light for human consumption, as well as mealworms, documents from the body have confirmed. The new insect-based products of human, for human cons- consumption rather, represent the latest push by the European Union to normalize the consumption of bugs through legislation, with many bigwigs, uh, some would say bugwigs, from a variety of organizations pushing insects as food items for both economic and environmental reasons in recent years. In Catholic News Agency reports, Pope Francis said, I had nothing to do with Father Rupko. Speaking to the Associated Press on January 24th in a headline-grabbing interview published on Wednesday that covered a wide variety of topics, the Pope said his involvement in the case was strictly procedural. Assigning the case to the same tribunal that had earlier reviewed the automatic excommunication Rupnik incurred by uh, absolving in confession a woman with whom he was sexually involved with. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Andrew of Pescheria, born in the early 15th century in Pescheria, Italy. As a child, Andrew Grego lived on the southern shore of Lake Garda in northern Italy. His training for a life of heroic sanctity began early with voluntary penances and unquestioning obedience to his father. Andrew's first desire was to be a hermit, an ambition that was met with ridicule from his brothers. Failing to realize this hope, he made for himself a severe schedule of prayer and penance, and in his own house lived a life of one wholly given to God. After the death of his father, it became increasingly difficult to carry out his plan, so he resolved to enter the cloister. Although his brothers had persecuted him without mercy, he knelt and humbly begged their prayers and forgiveness for having annoyed them. Then he gave them the only possession he had, a walking stick. The stick, thrown carelessly in a corner by the brothers, was forgotten until long afterwards it bloomed like the legendary rod of St. Joseph in token of Andrew's holiness. The 15-year-old received the Dominican habit at Brescia and then was sent to San Marco in Florence. Heresy and poverty had combined to draw almost the entire region from the church. It was a country of great physical difficulties, and in his travels in the Alps, he risked death from snowstorms and avalanches as often as from daggers of the heretics. Nevertheless, he traveled tirelessly preaching and teaching and building for the entire lifetime of 45 years. Churches, hospitals, schools, and orphanages were built under his direction, and he was known as the Apostle of the Valtilians because of the district he evangelized. Blessed Andrew performed many miracles. Probably his greatest miracle was his preaching, which produced such fruits in the face of great obstacles. At one time when he was preaching to the people, the heretics presented him with a book in which they had written down their beliefs. He told them to open the book and to see for themselves what their teachings amounted to. They did so and a large viper emerged from the book. Blessed Andrew closed a holy life by an equally holy death and was buried in Morbegno. He died in Valtellinia district near the Swiss border in Italy in 1485, and his cultus was confirmed in 1820. Blessed Andrew of Pescheria, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed? and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He has told them, take care what you hear. 
The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Catholic Commentary today on Holy Scripture said, The instructions contained in the parables of the lamp and the measure appear to be directed specifically to the apostles and the disciples. They are the light of the world. They, the apostles and the disciples, are the direct context here. They are the light of the world. And the function of a lamp is to give light. So it will be the function of the disciples to proclaim to all mankind the knowledge of Christ and his teaching which has been entrusted to them. Close quote. Now, in other words, golly, you is uh, successors to the apostles. Maybe you ought to pay very close attention and heed the warning of our Lord, because if you aren't light, if you aren't being light, if you aren't proclaiming to all human beings, what are the implications of that? St. Chrysostom would say, the candle within us is that of our intellectual nature, and it shines either clearly or obscurely according to the proportion of our illumination. For if meditations which feed the light and the recollection with which such a light is kindled are neglected, it is presently extinguished. The applicant would say, this light indeed must be placed on a candlestick, that is, on the eminence of a godly life that it may be able to give light to others, not under a bushel, that is, in things pertaining to the palate, nor under a bed, that is, in idleness, for no one seeks after the delights of his palate and loves rest can be a light shining over all. I might insert, like, say, uh, adults who play video games there. I don't know. Just my two cents. I'll take it for what it's worth. Haydock's commentary says, They who do not profit by the knowledge of the Word of God shall, in punishment of their neglect, lose the advantage which they may seem to have, since it will turn in the end to their greater condemnation. And moreover, by trusting to their own judgment, they interpret the word in a perverse sense, and thus also lose what they seem to have. Let those who talk so much about Scripture and interpret it according to their own private spirit or fancy, see, lest this also attach to them. Close quote, Haydock's commentary. Great commentary today. Woo boy. Can you hear the millstones being crafted? A judgment comes for us all. Let us take advantage of God's mercy while it exists. Hey, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. What's concerning us is coming up next. Sita, how do you ask, do you love Catholic radio in German? Liebst du das katholische Radio? How about support it by purchasing car raffle tickets for a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250? Unterstütze es mit dem Kauf eines Tickets, mit dem du ein 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 gewinnen kannst. Hmm, okay. How about get yours at grnonline.com forward slash raffle? Kauf eins auf grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Thank you. I needed that for a PSA. Cool. When are you recording it? Right now. Oh, danke. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your church most likely has a praise and worship time. Would you be surprised to know that the songs you sing might have nothing to do with worship? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history. Praise and worship was not a term used until the mid-60s when the Jesus people music started becoming more complex and contemporary. By the late 70s, praise and worship had become an entire entity of its own. Secondly, what is worship? It's a sacrifice. It's not singing a soft, flowy song with hands raised. The New Testament writers understood that worship was a sacrifice, that it occurred on an altar, which was and is known as a place of slaughter. Thirdly, the altar is for you. Jesus, in the holy sacrifices of the Mass, invites you to participate in His timeless sacrifice of love that truly occurs on the altar. No nightclub effects, no entertainment, no pumped-up emotion. Oh, and please don't register for the next Praise and Worship Global Seminar. Why? Because you can't teach praise and it won't include worship. Yikes! Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. What's going on in those classified document stories? Mike Pence, Donald Trump, but Biden, Kamala Harris, is he really silent? We're going to have that conversation with Emma Joe Morris from Breitbart coming up at 35 past the hour. Do join us if you can. There are lots of stories in the news that are of great concern, and this one is uh, catching the, uh, <laughs> the Internet. It's just uh, going on fire here. The headline says, being homosexual is not a crime. Pope Francis reiterates in a new AP interview. You can read the AP interview, uh, apnews.com. Their headline says, Pope says homosexuality, not a crime. It's a pretty long interview. The, uh, the National Catholic Register also covered it a bit shorter and sort of summarizes things. Let me read this to you. It says, Pope Francis has reiterated that homosexuality is not a crime in a new interview published Wednesday. The interview with the Associated Press covered a wide range of topics, including laws that criminalize homosexuality and sodomy. Quote, being homosexual is not a crime. It's not a crime. Yes, but it's a sin. Fine. But first, let's distinguish between a sin and a crime. Close quote. The Pope told the AP. The remark promises to be a point of controversy. On the one hand, the Catholic Church has long condemned any forms of unjust uh, decriminalization of those with same-sex attraction, including laws in dozens of countries that criminalize homosexuality and sodomy. On the other hand, the Church does not teach that same-sex attraction is sinful in itself. The in, in the interview conducted at Pope Francis's residence in Vatican City on January the 24th, the Pope reiterated the Holy See's position that laws that criminalize homosexuality outright are unjust and that the Church must work to put an end to them. Under Benedict XVI, the Vatican issued a statement in 2008 urging that, quote, every sign of unjust de- decriminalization or decrimination, rather, decrimination toward homosexual persons should be avoided, close quote, and that countries should, quote, do away with criminal penalties against them, close quote. Going on to say, quote, we are all children of God and God loves us as we are and for the strength that each of us fights for our dignity, close quote, Pope Francis said. The Pope told the AP that bishops who support laws that criminalize homosexuality, quote, have to have a process of conversion uh, and should apply, quote, tenderness, please, as God has for each of us, close quote, although no bishops were named. 
I'm not sure who these bishops are. I don't. Can you think of a single bishop who has been publicly saying we need to criminalize this behavior? I mean, can I mean even if they wanted to, I can't think of a single example where bishops are saying this. Uh, but maybe maybe he knows something nobody else does. Francis attributed such attitudes to cultural backgrounds and said bishops in particular need to undergo a process of change to recognize the dignity of everyone, which is interesting to me right there at that point. Uh, why is it assumed that people who say, people who believe that there ought to be laws criminalizing this behavior, why is the assumption then that these people don't believe in the dignity of people? Why? Wh- I, I don't understand how that how that's a natural uh, conclusion to that. Like, how would you come to that conclusion that, I mean, I don't want murder to be legal. I don't want to accept, I don't want to decriminalize murder or say the temptation to steal or any sort of, uh, like, adultery of any kind. I think there ought to be laws against these things. Why is the assumption, then, that I wouldn't recognize the dignity of a person who's tempted to commit murder, the dignity of a person who's tempted to commit a fornication of any kind or theft or lying, or you name the, the, uh, the crime. We can recognize the dignity of people and still say these are crimes. I don't understand why, why we would have to uh, believe that anybody who wants laws in place are just, uh, just meany, rottenhead people. The article goes on to say, quote, Every man and every woman must have a window in their lives where they can pour out their hope and where they can see the dignity of God in being homosexual is not a crime. It's a human condition, close quote, the Pope said. In the interview, which lasted more than an hour, Pope Francis also decried the German synodal way as unhelpful. Yay and amen, your holiness. Anyway, revealed that the, in, the intestinal problem that he had uh, surgery for in 2021 has returned and denied that he had any role in the handling of the alleged abuse Jesuit father Marco Rupnik. Uh, well, you did lift his excommunication rather quickly. Was that a role? I'm just curious. Anyway, the AP first published the Pope's comments about distinguishing between a crime and sin with regard to homosexuality before publishing the full transcript of the interview in Spanish. The Catholic Church does not teach that homosexuality, that is, having same-sex attraction, is a sin. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered, and under no circumstance can they be approved. The number of men and women who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies is not negligible. This inclination, which is objectively disordered, constitutes for the most of them a trial. They must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust decrimination in their regard should be avoided, the, the Catechism says. And if I'm not mistaken, that is paragraph 2357. Article goes on to say, these persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives, and if they are Christians, to unite to to the sacrifice of the Lord's cross, the difficulties they may encounter from their condition. Homosexual persons are called to chastity. By the virtues of self-mastery, they teach them inner freedom. Uh, At times, by the support of disinterested friendships, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection, close quote. In 2021, the Vatican's doctrinal office issued a clarification approved by Pope Francis and that that the church cannot bless same-sex unions because God cannot bless sin. That was 2021. That was Pope Francis. The church cannot bless same-sex unions because God cannot bless sin. 
The Vatican also stated that at the time, the Christian community and its pastors are called to welcome with respect and sensitivity persons with homosexual inclinations and will now know and will know how to find the most appropriate ways consistent with church teaching to proclaim to them the gospel in its fullness. In this response to the question about laws that criminalization that criminalize homosexuality, Pope Francis also described the ending of the pop opera The Prodigal Son as an example of how God is generous in his mercy. If we preached more about that and not about nonsense, we would be better off, close quote, the Pope said. That's the article. I think it summarizes that uh, fairly well in the regard. But here's the issues that I have with this. Okay, fine. Tenderness. We're all about it. we got to meet people where they're at. And uh, people who are inclined to, to these disordered passions, um, you know, like I was, for instance, being uh, addicted to pornography for, for over 20 years. And how many more millions and millions of people are addicted to pornography right now, inclined to give in to the temptations that they face in lust, fornication, and other issues. Uh, adultery, heterosexual adultery is, is sin. And we need to meet people where they're at and journey with them and get them where they've got to go. I think the, the Pope sort of intimated that. But here's the kicker, though. Are we? Are we actually helping people, encountering them with the effort, with the intent, with the clear stated goal that we want to help them be free of these disordered passions? Because um, if we are, okay, I can understand. I get where you're going with this. So we don't want to. We don't want to have the laws that punish them. If we, if in the process we're saying, listen, government, take a pause, take a break, take a step. We're going to encounter them. We're going to change their lives with the gospel message. We're going to shine the light of Christ. We're going to put that light on a candlestick and not hide it under a bushel or under the bed or anywhere else. We're going to let that light shine. Right? If that's our take, if that's what we're doing, if that's what we're actively about, fine. Let's get after it. But what if we're not? What if we just say that, but we don't actually do that? What if we're not really, truly making a concerted, all hands on deck, every bishop to the, to the line, let's get after this effort to encounter people who are uh, struggling with same-sex attraction or any other type of perverted, uh, uh, disordered attraction, heterosexual or otherwise, and helping them live in a state of grace? What if we're not actually, truly doing that? Well, then, then it begs the question. Do, does government not have a sincere obligation to protect society? Uh, do they, why should we allow uh, a virus to spread across our society? We're willing to shut down all of the world, businesses, people's lives, uh, crushing everything for a year and a half for a, a physical virus. What about a spiritual one? How much more important might that be? We're, we're forcing people to get uh, shots masking up social distancing for a physical virus and yet the spiritual ones have everlasting consequences and yet we don't even treat them anywhere close to the same level so i think there's someone is a one assuming that everybody who wants these laws in place to protect society is a bad person no we can i can respect the dignity of human persons and still say we ought to have laws on the books that protect society from evil things and bad things bad behaviors uh, you know, but uh, where's the line in that? I'm not sure, but I'd like to err on the side of caution. And it's open to debate about where those laws ought to be and not to be. But let's have that conversation. 
Um, but then here's what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, verses 4 through 13. He says, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you being gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. You glorifying, uh, glorif- uh, you glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven corrupteth the whole lump? Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new paste, as you are unleavened. For Christ our Pasch is sacrificed. Therefore let us feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in an epistle not to keep company with fornicators. I mean, not with the fornications of this world or with the covetous or the extortioners or the servers of idols. Otherwise, you must needs go out of this world. But now I have written to you not to keep company. If any man that is named a brother be a fornicator or covetous or a server of idols or a railer or a drunkard or extortioner with such a one, not so much as to eat for what? Have I to do to judge them that are without? Do not you judge them that are within? For them that are without, God will judge. Put away the evil one from among yourselves. Close quote, St. Paul. What's he getting at here? He's referring to uh, the church, Christians, baptized persons who were engaging, had members in their, in their parish that were engaging in fornication. Uh, it was a guy who was uh, having uh, an inappropriate relationship with another woman, in fact, a, a, a relative, really. And uh, St. Paul is like, what are you doing? Why are you tolerating this? What are you, like, the guy needs to be converted. Like, get, you got to win this guy over. This needs to be done away with. This is a virus within the community that must be dealt with. You can't allow these things to spread. So, conversion and evangelization, those are our primary tools. If you're doing it, praise be to God. If you're not, well, society and the body must be protected. And sometimes difficult choices have to be made. And St. Paul would say, this person should be cast out. We'll be right back. More is coming up next. Does Jesus condemn praying the rosary in Matthew 6, 7 when he says, as the King James renders it, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do? Protestants think so. What's the Catholic response? First, Jesus is not condemning repetitious prayer per se. If he were, well then he would be condemning himself, since according to Mark 14, 39, he prayed multiple times, Father, remove this cup, not what I will, but what you will. But that's absurd. So what was Jesus condemning? He was condemning Gentile prayers, which were mindless repetitious prayers, as the Greek text suggests. The Gentiles recited prayers only to appease their gods. They were, as the RSV translates it, empty phrases, having nothing to do with expressing one's love for the gods. That's what Jesus is condemning, not the repetitious prayer of the rosary. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. I bet you're wondering to yourself, how can I win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C? Easy. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. 
Only $25 a ticket or five tickets for $100. The drawing is February 24th, 2023. So, do you feel lucky? Well, do ya? Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's a couple more headlines for you. This one is from the Catholic Vote Loop. The headline goes, DOJ-targeted priest found guilty. Father Fidelis Mashidsky, a Catholic priest of the Franciscan Friars of Renewal, was found guilty on Monday of violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, otherwise known as the FACE Act, by blocking the entrance to a New York Planned Parenthood facility in order to save the lives of babies. The Catholic priest is one of at least 25 pro-life leaders targeted by the Biden Justice Department under the FACE Act. By contrast, only two alleged pro-abortion vandals have been charged in connection with crimes against pro-life groups in the same span of time. Catholic Vote reports also, Pope Francis decries, actually this is from Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis decries German synodal way as neither helpful nor serious. In an interview published on Wednesday, Pope Francis decried the German synodal way as elitist, unhelpful, and running the risk of bringing ideological harm to church processes. The German experience does not help, the pontiff told the Associated Press when asked about the controversial process, explaining that dialogue should involve all of the people of God. The 86-year-old pontiff contrasted the German event, which is not a synod, with the Universal Church's recently extended synod on synodality, saying that the global synod's aim was to help this more elitist German path so that it does not end badly in some way, but so that it also is integrated into the church. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. So uh, just uh, before we jump into this next story here, I just want to mention that uh, tomorrow we're going to give you a very special announcement. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll tune in for that. But uh, Adrian Fonseca is not going to be around tomorrow. He's going fishing, apparently. Something, I don't know. One might say, I've gone fishing. Gone fishing. Have you ever gone fished fishing. in your life, ever? Of course, I've fished in my life. What, have you caught a fish in your life? Yeah, of course. What did you catch? Uh, well, I have no idea. See? I've caught in... <laughs> well, I don't know, I've catfish. In, I'm not yeah, really probably catfish. that we're... I'm going to get a shark once, tuna. but it was a baby shark and had to throw it back. I'm not sure I'm feeling confident about getting well, actual tuna at the tuna deer meat swap. Uh, I've been told that mm. uh, it's mm. almost impossible not mm. to catch the tuna. It had to be... Especially bad. Especially but, you know. bad. All right. Well, we're we'll going to be praying out. for your success. Do tune in tomorrow to find out what Maybe the special you'll find announcement out on Monday. is. Maybe you'll find out Monday, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, praise be to God. Joining us right now is Emma Jo Morris from Breitbart, Breitbart.com, the political commentator there. And uh, good morning to you, Emma Jo Morris. Emma, are you there? Hey, good morning. How's it going? Praise be to God. I am alive. And that counts. Can you hear How me? are you? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Are you there? I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not hearing you very well. I'm so sorry about that. Um, I don't, if you can at all hear me, uh, let me ask you. So the story of a classified document seems a very interesting story because every single day we learn of more and more classified documents coming out, either at the Biden residence or uh, Mike Pence house has some. And I'm worried of that I might have some at this point. I really need to look. So what is the real story behind these classified documents? How many are we talking about and how many locations in, re in regards to uh, Joe Biden? Yeah, so Joe Biden is up to three locations and a possible fourth. Wow. Um, and the problem with Joe Biden is that he um, has a problem with Chinese money going 
through a fire hose at any location that we've now found these documents at. So that is creating a bigger issue for him than Mike Pence it, having some at his home in Indiana or at, or Trump having them at Mar-a-Lago um, for various reasons, um, probably the primary of which is that he is currently the president of the United States. So one of the big deals about this was the Hunter Biden connection in all of this, something you and I talked about uh, last year at some point, the Hunter Biden story. So apparently he was living at this house in Delaware, uh, paying $50,000 a month for it. So that seems like a reasonable rate. Uh, but nonetheless, all of <laughs> Hunter's guests at the house also would have potentially had access to these box loads of classified documents. No. Right. So, okay. So that story has kind of been adjusted based on information that we've learned since the original um, reporting of it. So uh, basically, okay. So the $50,000 a month figure is from a background check form that Hunter filled out um, because he was, it seems like it was, he was trying to get a studio in LA. And so they're making you, they make you fill out a background check of kind of like what assets you have and, and what you have in the bank and how much you've been paying in rent to see if you qualify to pay for the rate that they want, which I think he was going to pay like $4,000 a month. Um, and so he fills out this background check and he's lied on it, like all over it, um, on the background check, which is based on what the original reporting, um, was, is, Basically, he said that he owned the house that Joe Biden has. Um, still unclear whether he does. I don't think he does. I think he just lied. Mm. Um, but he writes that he owned that house. And he also writes that he was paying $50,000 a month rent to live in that house. Um, and, and, and that was his way of trying to show that he has the money for this studio apartment that he wanted for four grand. Mm. But what we've realized is that he was actually paying quarterly $50,000 to House of Sweden um, for office space, which is a, a very chic building in Washington, D.C. Wow. Um, he was paying $50,000 quarterly for an office at House of Sweden um, for an office with him, his business partner, his father, and his business partners from CEFC, um, which is China Energy Corporation, um, which is, that was the 10% for the big guy deal, actually. So, um so, yeah, so basically it, it it's bizarre because, like, that is a real payment, and he could have just written it's a quarterly rent payment of $50,000 right. for my office. You know, this shows that I have money to pay rent. But he, he, I mean, reasons unknown, it's very hard to follow the logic of Hunter Biden because there is none, um, <laughs> has, has lied all over this form, and, and there was reporting based on that form that said, like, you know, this document says this, and as it turns out, it was filled out by a unreliable um, crack addict who is a yeah, liar. Right. Somebody who's deeply <laughs> wounded. Somebody who's, I think, got a big father wound, to be honest with you. But uh, all right. So, he, but he still had access to these documents, and that meant well, anybody right, he's okay, associated so right, so sorry, with still so I has access. I got off on a tangent about this, about clarifying the story. So anyway, so right. So okay. So he obviously had access to the documents, and there's multiple ways that we know this. First of all, he wrote in his book that he quarantined and spent COVID at that house. He had tons of access to that house. There's um, text messages on the laptop from hell that show. Am I allowed to say that on this show? I'm so sorry if I've just cursed. But um, there's <laughs> there's um, documents on the laptop that say, um, like him texting his mom to let him in because he forgot his keys, stuff like that. So, you know, just day-to-day -day communications, but that show that he was in and out of that house. 
That's for one. Um, second of all, um, UPenn, you know, UPenn, he was, he was deeply involved in UPenn. Um, he was consulting there. He was using that office. He had total access to that office. Um, and so, you know, it's just, and naturally, you know, naturally he is the son of Joe Biden. Mm. So, you know, we all have this relationship with our fathers, of course, where I'm allowed to walk into my father and my parents' home, um, you know, any time of day or night, of course, and, and his office, you know, any time, of course. But the problem with the Bidens is that they have never addressed, um, the corruption allegations about yeah. Hunter. Um, and, and they have never, because they've never addressed it, they've never defined any sort of boundary, if there is one, mm-hmm. between Hunter and Joe Biden and Hunter's business and Joe Biden. Um, evidently it looks like they haven't done that because there is no boundary. But I just mean to say, like, there's no assur- it would be one thing maybe if, like, the son was doing one thing and the father was doing another, but we have no indication that there was any father doing another. Yeah. The other thing I found interesting about some of the reportage is the link back to Ukraine. A college U.S. Ukraine seems to have been at the heart of American politics going back at least a decade or more. Um, so some of these documents at UPenn, I think, were directly related to to the Ukraine. Uh, is that yes. not the case? Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, it was Ukraine and Iran reportedly. That's according to CNN. Um, but yeah, like, so it hasn't been confirmed officially, but yeah, apparently, um, they were documents, um, relating to Iran and Ukraine. And that's the thing with the Bidens is, you know, there's a lot of strange coincidences that keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> and they often have to do with Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. God, um, there's intense interest by the Bidens, by mm-hmm. Joe Biden, by Hunter Biden. And, and, and I think the feelings are mutual between the Bidens and Ukraine, I should say. Um, and, and that entanglement goes back, you know, almost a decade. Uh, could, could we call that a trend? I mean, uh, someone should connect the yes. dots there. I'm just wondering what that might be if we that's turn a, that rock over. That's Yeah, that's mm. a great way of rephrasing mm. um, coincidence <laughs> because that makes a ton more sense. You know, and yeah. the thing is, like, you know, Hunter was being paid $80,000 a month to sit on that board. $80,000 a month for a symbolic role. Um, typically, you know, Ukrainian oligarchs don't just, um, you know, shoot their money around for no reason you know, it's, there is something up and the Bidens have been, um, just so opaque on this, um, it to a level that is like, it's an insult, you know, it's like, you must explain this, you must explain these payments and, um, I think that those explanations are going to end up being cried out of them um, with this Republican Congress. Well, one would hope. I mean, I think that leaves a big question mark there as to how much, how far they will actually go. But I guess we're about to find out for sure. Right at a break, Emma Jo Morris is our guest. Breitbart News, she's got a whole series of articles there. One I want to talk about uh, coming up after the break. But I still want to ask you about uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. She's awfully quiet about all of this. Mike Pence has documents. Uh, What's the implications there? And how cooperative... Is the Biden family in this investigation? Who started all of this to begin with? All of that, plus the FBI is just celebrating their public-private partnerships with big tech. Coming up right after the break with Image of Morris. Don't go anywhere. GRN is raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. Whoa, Doc, that's heavy. 
What, are we going to have to, like, go back in time to get tickets? Not at all, Marty. Just call 888-784-3476 or go to grnonline.com. We better hurry, Marty. The drawing takes place February 24th, the year 2023. We really need one of those smartphones, Doc. Paragraph 2223 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. First and foremost, this is in regards to the education in the faith. One really fun way of doing this is to take a Catholic calendar and at the beginning of each month, choose a day to celebrate, either a saint's day or a feast day. For instance, on December 12th, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, spread a serapi across the table, have a Mexican food feast and put on the mariachi music. Place a statue or a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the middle of the table. Tell the kids who she is and why you're celebrating. Do this every month with a different saint or feast day and imagine how much of the faith that you will learn together while you have fun as a Catholic family. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can find us at threeheartsinstitute.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Emma Jo Morris is our guest, Breitbart News, uh, political commentator there at Breitbart.com. You should check out her articles. Welcome back to the show, Emma Jo Morris. Let me ask you, who star- who initiated the investigation into the classified documents with Hunter Biden? I think there's uh, there's a question mark here, and I think even the Daily Wire has an article out where they're sort of looking at this, too, like, hmm, just how cooperative are they being? So do you have any insight onto what was the catalyst that sparked this investigation? Yeah, um, I'm actually, that's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I know that on November 2nd, uh, the DOJ knew that these documents existed at Joe Biden's home, or sorry, at UPenn. Um, and then there was this really strange situation where they kind of, you know, and I call it strange because we just watched what happened with Trump, where you had jackboots busting into his personal residence and right. ripping apart his wife's closet and his son's bedroom, you know, just totally, t- totally aggressive. And then you see this Joe Biden situation where it seems to occur to them that these documents exist um, and that they're not in their legal place. And, and then they notify Joe Biden's lawyers who then go to search the office themselves. And so you have them like delicately leafing through Joe Biden's belongings um, after we just watched the FBI come in with guns blazing. Yeah. Um, at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, so, it's, it's so definitely you know, it's yeah, it's, it's clearly like like it's jarring the difference in treatment that's going on. So I don't know how this was discovered exactly, um, but but. The way that it's been handled um, has just been, I think, like, you know, listen, I think that there are certain people who observe politics who, um, you know, I want to be careful with how I word this, but, you mm-hmm. know, who keep it as something like a religion. Oh, and yeah. there's and and like they are not going to be the kind of people who are going to necessarily be convinced of a double with a double standard and hypocrisy that's this stark. But I think for the for the you know sector of people who um, don't 
have politics as their religion and who actually look at it as politics mm-hmm. and, you know, something that's just like, you know, they're following the fact, observable facts in front of them as the time goes on and making decisions based on that. Um, that they, they see this and it's, it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. The way that the, that was, it was conducted and cooperating. Give me a break. Who wouldn't cooperate if the DOJ says, Oh, you know, you want to have your lawyers please look into this? Of course. <laughs> I mean, I bet if they would have asked Donald Trump if he could have his attorneys look into it, he probably would have had no problem doing so. Yeah. And like the reports are that there were negotiations going on between Trump and um, Trump and the DOJ, which, OK, that mm. happens. And you see that all the time in the legal system and in court proceedings and in lawsuits and whatever. You know, you have no- negotiations between the two sides. Um, but but unless there was nuclear codes in there, which I don't think there were, and we've never seen reports right. that there were imminently dangerous materials being stored at Mar- Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. What was that? We're yeah. talking about paper. And he has the power to declassify it all. Joe yeah. Biden did not. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what about Vice President Kamala Harris? She's awfully silent on this issue. Yeah. She's not said Isn't anything. She? Isn't she? Uh- <laughs> She is. Um, Maybe it's because she's and, down at the border know, dealing with the border crisis. I, I, I'm not sure. The border czar is tied up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, listen, if I were her advisor, I would be telling her the exact same thing. Just lay low. Just lay low. Because, yeah. you know, the thing with this scandal is, you know, I think that the Hunter Biden laptop reporting was actually much more damaging and much more damning for Joe Biden mm-hmm. than any of this. Um, that showed... Well, that appeared to show direct um, and intimate involvement with um, business deals in the most corrupt countries on earth and on in countries that have us as clear and present adversaries. Um, so, so that I think was worse. Mm. But the difference between now and then is that the media has decided that they are done carrying water now and that they are going to be actually reporting this and they are going to be actually pressing on this. And now the White House has been caught in multiple lies. You had Karine Jean-Pierre saying like two weeks ago, oh, this is done, we're done. And then four days, five days later, the DOJ comes in and says, no, we're not done. And actually we're thinking of going to search the University of Delaware. Wow. So the thing is like, this is becoming a little bit radioactive, isn't it? Where you have the media now going in, they're done saying, okay, we're, we're not going to light our credibility on fire anymore for Joe Biden, who probably in the grand scheme of things is quite irrelevant. Um, you know, they, they already have such dwindling credibility. And, and now with, with the double standard that we just discussed 30 seconds ago, it's, mm-hmm. it looks really bad if they now start running interference, right? Yeah. So they have decided they're not going to do that this time. And um, and they seem all in. So if I'm Kamala Harris, I'm probably just sitting on the sidelines and seeing where this goes, and probably mm. waiting it out a little bit. One um, of the because it seems like the media is ready to, um, mm. let's say, be engaged. One of the theories is uh, it's the it's the left, it's the Democrats, it's his uh, political uh, adversaries on in his own party that are behind all of this. Do you think that might be true? I mean, again, like I have no I have no indication. Um, based on what's been reported that that's the case but it would it would kind of look like that wouldn't it it's right after the midterm elections you know the political calendar goes midterm elections presidential election right after right Mm -hmm. you know everybody is now the midterms are are over and everybody's now looking forward to 2024 Mm -hmm. um that's on people's minds that's on strategists minds now um they've gotten over the hurdle of of you know, trying to keep their majorities, which they kind of sort of 
you know, they did pretty well there. Um, and, um, and now like, it's like, okay, we're thinking about who's going to be running for president on our ticket. And Joe Biden's approval rating, um, has never been good. It keeps dipping. It'll kind of like claw itself back a little bit by a couple points mm. and then it'll dip again. But, you know, understandably and naturally, I mean, there's a war raging in Europe right now that wasn't there, um, you know, two years ago. There is an economy that's really like on life support right now. Inflation is out of control. People can't afford groceries or gas. Um, you know, so I think that it would make, yes, exactly. I think so. I think it would make, you know, any, any strategist with any common sense kind of take a look at the landscape right now and think to themselves, is this really our best foot that we're putting forward in 2024? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's switch subjects while we still have some time here. I want to talk about your uh, most recent article over Breitbart, uh, FBI director hints at collaboration with private sector and amid political scandals at Davos of all places. Yeah, I right. mean, like if you're right. gonna make like, hey guys, we got this <laughs> great idea. Okay, the FBI and big tech get together and we decide who gets to say what and when and how. And they do this at big at Davos, which is like you know the great reset, big government, one world thing. Like, college you as like <laughs> yes. this is the stuff of Bond films. I know, I know. Like it's just too much, and they. We'll say so the way that that was kind of um, packaged was, you know, they're really worried about the capability of technology and where technology is going and it getting into the wrong hands and then being, you know, used for, you know, that that incredible capa- capability being used by the wrong people. Um, so fine. But in that in that packaging, he says that the FBI has collaboration with tech companies, which is like what kind of collaboration because we just yeah. learned that that collaboration includes um right censorship conspiracies mm-hmm. you know so that was kind of what i was highlighting in that in that piece it was it was like you have just been caught red-handed exposed for having agents going into these big tech companies facebook and twitter that we know of and um and directing their politics and directing how they're allowing information to disseminate. Um, and Twitter, I know, was a major focus for the FBI. Why? Twitter is kind of a non-event in, in the landscape of big tech, but Twitter is tremendously powerful in media and in narrative shaping. You know, Twitter has a user base that isn't as big as Facebook's, but it's an, a user base that has outsized influence, especially in politics. You have every editor in America and every reporter in America using Twitter as kind of like their new newswire. And not only their newswire, but where they go to shape their opinions. You know, they're scrolling through and reading the hot takes of everybody who they, you know, know and respect and who they think is smart. And then they're using that to influence their opinions and their framing. So when you had this incident with the lap, with the laptop reporting at the New York Post, um, that allowed the kind of um, like that planted the seed of this is Russian disinformation. Where did that seed come from? It came from the FBI. There was no basis for anybody to say that except for that the FBI said it. And who did they say it to? They said it to Twitter. And then that was the impetus for Twitter to censor. Yeah. So, you know, that was the origin story of that of that disgusting lie that led to vast and unprecedented and historic censorship of true reporting by the number four most distributed newspaper in America. And by the way, the oldest. So um, 
I found that comment to be such a thumb in the eye because it's like, you should be hanging your head in shame, first of all, not at Davos. And second of all, how could you talk about this without it not with it not being a conversation about how the FBI is doing everything it can to reform itself to make sure that such interference never happens again? That was a total political operation. That was an intelligence operation, in fact, that was run on the American people from the FBI. Um, it's inexcusable. It's egregious. Um, it totally runs roughshod over the First Amendment, not to mention the Fourth and Fifth Amendments in the case of Twitter, where you have DMs and you have the government rifling through your DMs, which is totally illegal. And um, and and he's just kind of cavalier sitting at the World Economic Forum talking about how the FBI has this wonderful partnership with the tech community. It's like, I'm sorry, that's disgusting. Yeah, for sure. They had a backdoor portal at Twitter where they can yes, log exactly. in directly. And you know what, guys? Twitter, we're not going to waste. You're busy people. you got things to do. We'll do it ourselves. Just We're going to log mm-hmm. in and take care of business. You don't have to do anything anymore. Listen, I, imagine. Imagine the FBI comes, into your, comes to your door and says, you know, I'm not going to bother you, and kicks your door in and starts going through your nightstand. Right. Yeah, that's how it is. That's exactly what it was. Uh, real quick, because we're running out of time now. So if that's true for Twitter, how much more ought it be true for Facebook, Instagram, and some of these other platforms? Well, Mark Zuckerberg was on Joe Rogan over the summer, and he said basically gave the exact same story. I mean, he didn't give the dirty details that we got from the Twitter files, but he did say that the FBI had been warning him um, for months leading up to the election. And we also have a lawsuit going on by the state's attorney general of uh, Louisiana who said um, that the, the FBI agent himself said that they were giving briefings every week leading yeah. up to the election wow. on Facebook. So we Yikes. know that there's more to the story. All right, Emma Jo Morris, God bless you. Thanks for being on the show today, giving us some insight to these stories. Check her out at Breitbart.com. Emma Jo Morris, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in the second hour, Brent Haynes is going to be our guest. We're going to talk about the Pelosi Act, duh. Also, tomorrow, very special announcement. Be sure to tune in. Otherwise, I guess we'll see you in the next hour, or we'll see you back here tomorrow. God love Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting catholicscomehome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. 
Visit catholicscomehome.org today. I'm Dr. Joe Poyman with Texas Alliance for Life, inviting you to join thousands from across the state at the Texas Rally for Life on Saturday, January 28th at the Capitol in Austin. We'll celebrate the ending of the terrible Roe v. Wade decision that claimed the lives of more than 60 million unborn babies through abortion, and we'll promote the vast resources Texas provides for moms and babies throughout our state. We'll gather at 1 p.m. in downtown Austin and march to the Capitol for the rally at 2. Get more information at TexasRallyForLife.org or call 512-477-1244. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, my name is Adrian Fonseca. I'm a parishioner at St. Luke's the Evangelist Catholic Church, and this is AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Angel Gabriel, are you listening? You only turned nine once, brother. Make it a good one. I'm like something special, right? Like alligator wrestling. Now you, you live in Texas, Angel. So you, you have opportunities that folks say in Alabama or Florida, Washington, D.C., they don't have these opportunities. Like you, right now, could go and handle rattlesnakes because that's what we do in Texas. There are places to do that in Texas. I'm pretty like for your ninth birthday. Wouldn't you be like... Pretty sure they yeah. have that of, you know, all over the Oh, they States. have the snakes, but nobody there was... Why, they'd be like, you? why would well, why would we want to pick up a rattlesnake? Like, but in Texas, we're like, oh yeah, let's Glory do this. And amen. <laughs> Happy birthday, Angel Gabriel. Lou is one of our super insiders. Uh, reminded me that her her son was turning nine. Praise be to God. Happy birthday. The, I a kid, but like there used to be. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, when I was uh, living in northern San Antonio, in between San Antonio and Austin. I think it was even between San Antonio and New Braunfels. Maybe it's been so long. There was a rattlesnake place that you could go to and see rattlesnakes and pick them up. And Why would anybody want to do that? (laughs) Because it's Texas. (laughs) Why would anybody want to see one of those foul vipers? God's creatures aren't foul. What are you talking about? The only reason a snake is around is to remind us of how ugly our sin is. When we look at that disgusting creature, we can think about our personal sin and think, wow. Mm. Someone call Dave Palmer. I'm as ugly as (laughs) this. Oh, yeah. Dave's going to be upset. I'm going to get Dave's opinion (laughs) on this Dave's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, we'll ask Dave about his. But, uh, yeah, if you could go... For your ninth birthday and pick up rattlesnakes, wouldn't you? Like that'd be for a, my ninth or birthday. Wrestle an alligator, possibly. Uh, I don't know what else. What bungee jump, skydive. If dive? I could relive my ninth birthday, I would have a mm. land party. A, a what? A land party. What's what, that? What is that? It's when everybody gets together. They bring all their mm. desktop computers, desktop computers, and mm. they put them on like one of those folding tables, and you all play video games together. What on <laughs> earth? <laughs> that is. You the... guys never did land parties. No, absolutely no. not. Uh, you guys. Well, when, when he was a kid, there was uh-huh. computers didn't even exist yet. <laughs> um, Pong. I had Pong as a kid. Right. Pong. Exactly. And then Atari Twenty Four Hundred, or I think it was Twenty Four, came out. Chuck E. Cheese Man. We ended up with Pac Man, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Kong and woo man, it was Chuck E. Cheese was like stuff. the mm-hmm. the most fun mm-hmm. ever. Except I was terrified of Chucky. 
And Ooh, so I would like yeah, hide scary. under the table whenever he'd come by. But other than mm-hmm. the fact that there's a giant rodent trying to kill me, <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he wasn't trying to kill you. I felt like talk that. about words. You, yes, but. words that you can smell. Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Ugh. Cheese. Ah, that smell. Chuck it's e. ingrained into my mind. <laughs> Anyway, uh, have we ruined Angel Angel Gabriel's birthday yet? (laughs) I'm just curious. Uh, But here, let's make his birthday better. Lose, all you got to do is get your car raffle tickets, and you might be able to give Angel a brand new Mercedes for his birthday this year. (laughs) You could be a chauffeur. I mean, he is nine, but that means you get to drive it until he's old enough to drive, right? So (laughs) uh, this is going to be given away to some lucky GRN radio listener on February the 24th. $25 $25 a ticket or a book of five for $100. You can get an extra one for free for doing the $100 deal. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle for the details and to purchase your raffle tickets right now, fast, easy, and secure. A Polar White 2023 CLA 250 Benz. Have you ever, have you ever even driven a Benz? Not personally. I tried to drive a Benz. Too for, rich for my blood. There was an elderly lady at our parish. Who owned a, a Mercedes Benz that probably cost six figures? Um, that's rude, dude. Dude, you got to say a woman of vintage. A woman of great vintage, <laughs> of fine vintage. And she parked it kind of wrong, and I offered to help her uh, repark it for her and so that she wouldn't it. have to get in and out of it. I couldn't even figure out how to start the darn thing. Like, I, <laughs> like, like this is like awkward. the space shuttle was easier to operate than awkward. this thing. Yeah, it was very awkward. It was incredibly awkward. I was like, oh, man, I made everything worse. Space shuttle? Hmm. I, made ev- I made everything hmm. worse. At any rate, this one, super easy. Very straightforward. Go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle to get your opportunity to win a brand new Mercedes this February. Praise be to God. All right, joining us is our good friend Brent Haynes, attorney and Catholic freedom fighter. Good morning to you, Brent. Good morning, Joe. Now, you used to be a taxi cab guy, uh, driving your way through law school. Uh, have you ever driven a Mercedes? Uh, I. <laughs> now, you're a lawyer. You probably own a fleet I, of them, I imagine. I had an ex- I'm a public servant, Joe. I had an experience similar to yours. Oh, really? Many years ago <laughs> with one of our. our um, Icon to the pro-life community oh, yeah. who needed her car moved yeah. for some reason. Yeah, and um, you know, I went out mm-hmm. to move her car, and she and her family are very successful. You know, self-made people. And I've everything. got a feeling we're talking about nice the same lady. I'm just saying. <laughs> We might be talking about I don't want to mention her name, but I got a feeling you and I are referring to the same car uh, and the same lady. I, I, I to try, yeah, it took it took me a moment to figure out what was going on because I was just, you know, a, 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 a humble lawyer there with my oh, college degree. The old humble degree lawyer and, routine. Uh, okay. I've never heard of such a thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. It took me a moment to figure out mm-hmm. uh, how to get the Mercedes, Mercedes operating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was embarrassing to say the least. Uh, speaking of uh, a vintage ladies who have uh, iconic roles in the pro-life movement, Nancy Pelosi is back in uh, back in the headlines right now, but uh, not because of her husband Paul. No, because uh, Senator Josh Hawley has proposed a bill called the Pelosi Act, which would do what? Well, Joe, actually, in a way, it is related to her husband, Paul, because he's the stock trader. Oh. The Pelosi Act, the Pelosi Act, is introduced by Senator Josh Hawley, as you just noted, um, and it would stop members of Congress from trading individual stocks. 
And Josh Hawley is very clever. He knows how to get some attention. This is not new. He has, um, this bill has been introduced by other members of Congress before. Uh, there is a bipartisan bill introduced uh, two years ago. There's a bipartisan bill by the same congressman and congresswoman introduced uh, the year before that called the Trust in Congress Act. And the whole idea is to stop congressmen and their immediate family members from profiting by trading in stocks when they are in a position to have advanced information or to know what legislation is going to pass and what legislation isn't going to pass. Uh, even if stocks move only a small amount, you can make an enormous amount of money on small movements. Mm. Uh, you can make money by trading futures and trading options. I used to trade commodities futures briefly. That's I didn't actually drive a taxi to get through law school. I drove a taxi before law school, but um, trying to uh, trade commodity futures for a living is an excellent way to become a cab driver, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I found fascinating about this story, because I guess I haven't paid enough attention to what our congressmen are doing or not doing, uh, apparently this is a, uh, a bipartisan uh, benefits package to being a member of Congress, because there are a lot of Republicans who have benefited greatly from trading stocks and increased their wealth tremendously. Uh, John Curtis, Dan Crenshaw... Brian Mast, uh, Austin Scott, and others are all making a good living while serving our country in our Congress. Seems rather interesting, very many people. In fact, according to this article over at Breitbart, a Trafalgar study found 76% of Americans believe Congress has an unfair advantage when it comes to the stock market. Only 5% support permitting congressional stock trading. That's a strong majority of all Americans, no matter where they fare on the political spectrum, that say, yeah, this ought not to happen. But Hawley's bill probably won't go anywhere, will it? Well, uh, uh, two things there. First, just real quickly, Hawley's bill in particular won't go anywhere because although it would be a fitting tribute to the Speaker of the House, his net worth is by some estimates, around $140 million and wow. has just exploded while she, since she became speaker, first became speaker in 2007, mm -hmm. when it was just a mere, a paltry 25 or $30 million. Uh, It won't go anywhere because although it would be very fitting to name it the Pelosi Act, the Democrats aren't going to let that happen. But the fact that there are other bills out there, such as the Trusting Congress Act, and that it and it, that it has bipartisan support, um, it shows that you know they you know they can do the same thing. They can just put a different name on it or pass a different bill that does the same thing. And they, there are a lot of different ways they can do this because the investment field uh, is so broad and there's so many different types of investments. The point of these bills is to stop them from trading in specific stocks. You know, what if you just limited them to mutual funds? What if you just had something as simple as that? That would get rid of a lot of this abuse. Um, but it is astonishing that uh, this is something that has such widespread support from the American people. You would think that Congress would pass it just out of self-preservation. You would think that individual congressmen and congresswomen uh, would want to pass it so that they can't be accused individually of, of uh, taking advantage of this uh, abusive opportunity, even if they don't. You, know, you, you don't want to be accused of it and suffer politically. And yet, it hasn't passed yet. Um, 
And partly, Joe, that's just because, you know, the American people aren't really engaged in civic affairs the way they used to be. On the one hand, we have a very partisan, divided culture over hot-button issues. On the other hand, though, people aren't really engaged in the day-to-day civics, such as whether the country passes a budget. You know, we haven't had a regular budget passed in the United States Congress, uh, by some accounts, in over a decade. They use a very convoluted process used called the omnibus. Yeah. That's how we get trillion-dollar spending and inflation. Uh, all, uh, you and I could spend all day talking about this. Um, the American people are – a lot of people are busy, you know, busy going about their work, taking care of their families, going to mass. Uh, mm. And then you have a lot of people that spend their time on social media and all of that. In many ways, we have a, a uh, atomized society where people are focused on themselves, and they just don't give attention to a lot of issues. If they were paying attention to this issue, Congress would pass the law tomorrow. Well, you know, there's some good news for Nancy Pelosi because she made an excellent decision at the end of December to sell 30,000 uh, shares in Google. Considering just this week, we learned that there's eight states attorneys general suing Google. and There's an investigation into Google for their monopoly on the digital market. So, oh, man, that timing was perfect for her. And and. And again, it was her husband. Um, her husband bought shares in NVIDIA, which is the premier. There are very, very few chip makers in the world, and it's a matter of strategic and national security. He bought shares in NVIDIA shortly before Congress passed the law last summer, again, spending trillions of tax dollars to try to, um, you know, billions and trillions of tax dollars. And part of that bill was to encourage companies to you know, set up chip-making facilities here in the United States, which I support. Now, there are, there are better ways to do that and worse ways to do that. Um, but the Pelosi's profited tremendously from that. Now, to be fair, I mean, let's be fair, Joe. Anybody following the political process could see that Congress was going to pass some sort of law that would benefit them. And, you know, the old saying, it takes money to make money. That's not literally true, but if you already have a lot of money, it's certainly easier to make money because in that situation you can say, well, you know, I've got several million here since my wife became Speaker of the House. I think I'll take some of it and invest in NVIDIA because just from reading the headlines, you know, you could see that something like that was going to pass. But you have a repeated instance of this kind of thing happening. Now it happens again uh, just last month with the Google shares. And they're not the only ones. Richard Burr, Republican from North Carolina, at the beginning of the COVID crisis, got a, got a confidential briefing about COVID. And remember how the stock market plummeted to almost, almost half. He then went and sold a bunch of shares of stock after that. Yeah. And the SEC closed its investigation recently and didn't do anything. Well, there's nothing they could do because he didn't violate any laws. Well... Yikes. I would love to see this become law, and I think our Congress ought not to be trading and uh, in making themselves richer while we are hopefully employing them to be out and looking for our best interests. Nonetheless, we'll keep an eye on the story. Brent Haynes, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for your time today. All right. Thank time, you, Joe. Time to play our game Fear and Trembling. Would you like to win? Have a good time in the process. Call right now. Phone lines are open to you. 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424, call now. 
Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. That is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So, you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh. Holy raffle, Batman! The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile. Great idea, Robin. Uh, How do we get tickets? Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my bat phone. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and fear and trembling, which we should have played. Somehow we didn't. You're not hearing any of the fear and trembling intro right now. The fanfare is but there. There are a few things we like to do during the game show, but we need you to call before I tell you all my secrets, right? Phone number is 877 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is that phone number. First caller gets to play our game. If you want to win, you got to call. 877-757-9424. That phone number one more time is 877-757-9424. So here's the deal while we wait for that call to come through. During this game show, Fear and Trembling, there are a few things we like to do on the down low, the QT. Number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. Then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a good time. And when our callers make that call, 877-757-9424, we laugh. And we love that most, I would say. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means we are absolutely manipulating. I mean, we are inspiring you. To learn, to laugh, and to possibly win. And someone is going to do all three of those things. And because tomorrow we're going to give out the prize. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. This week, our sponsor is my good friend, Trisha, over at Heavenly Creations. 
She's an expert crochet artist. And when I say she's an expert, I mean that. She's, she's wonderful. The things she makes, she has a, a line of, uh, of dolls that are modeled after the saints. And, uh, she also has other items. But make sure to check out her Etsy page. Uh, her link there is etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash heavenly creations zero one. And uh, later this week, we're going to be giving out some more goodies from Heavenly Creations. Just make sure to sign up to the email list, which you can find at uh, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And the winner this week is going to receive one of her Saints dolls. So thank you very much, Tricia. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, Tricia. 877-757-9424. Calls. Uh, we're still waiting for that call to come in. Phone lines are wide open. Adrian Fonseca standing by to take your call right now at 877-757-9424. But I, I failed to make I think it's because the, the, the intro music didn't play. It threw me way off, like I'm off my game now. <laughs> but I, I failed to tell you that the caller doesn't need to know the answers. Mm. So mea culpa, that mea is, culpa, yeah. mea maxima culpa. You know, that's really important yeah. for you to mention that. As a penance for my mistake, I will have Adrian flogged after the show. With a tuna? <laughs> that may be the closest he'll ever get <laughs> to the tuna, <laughs> is by beating him with the tuna. <laughs> Poor Adrian. What if Adrian comes back with cans of tuna? Can oh, we still man. exchange the deer Dude, meat? Or? Mic drop. <laughs> what you got now is going to be the response. But no. All right, let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Daniel, good morning to you. Good morning. Daniel, good to hear your voice, yes. my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Praise be to God. I'm alive. And that counts, Daniel. That counts. It does. Where are you calling from? Every, San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio. Now, is this our good friend Daniel? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Daniel, who also mm -hmm. won the Mercedes mm -hmm. last year, Whoa, or is what, this? What kind of car are you driving like right now, Daniel? No, I'm 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 not driving a Mercedes, so I, I don't believe I won one. Ah, I see. And, and then, well, in any case, now you're like, did I win one? Well, how come I didn't get the call? <laughs> well, you could. You just got to get your raffle tickets, Daniel. And it may be possible that you win the uh, the next Mercedes. But by the way, where do you go to church there, Daniel? Prince of Peace Catholic Church. Prince of Peace. Fantastic. Praise be to God. And you are aware, of course. I feel like it's my solemn obligation to just to make sure you know. San Antonio has other reasons to consider itself great, not just because I went to high school there, right? Like you're aware of that, right? You 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 have some sense of that. Yes. Okay. Uh, good. Praise, God. Praise, praise be to God. Uh, and you don't have to visit the plaque that acknowledges me as 10th grade history student of the year more than once. At one time is perfectly fine, Daniel. Just so you know, I don't, I don't want you to go out of your way too often. But nonetheless, are you ready to play the game? I am ready, sir. Let's do this. We will start with Rudy Carlos, which is our church-approved tradition. And Daniel, today he's wearing the tie again. For now. And he's got like it's like a banker's tie. It's like a. Should I give you a loan? Look at you. I'm not giving you a loan. Look, that's the kind of tie he's wearing right now. I can, I can, don't put words in my mouth. I can certainly give uh -huh. you a loan now. Uh -huh. The interest rate, we'll Ooh. talk about it a little later. Okay? Uh, <laughs> First, you, you got to sign, okay? Uh, usury? What? Uh, anyway, what uh, did you say? Uh, good morning to you, Rudy. Are uh, you ready? Good morning. Yes, you I sure? am ready. Are you sure? I'm ready to sign you in. I'm ready to lock you into uh, this contract. Show. As a usurer, could you help me answer this question, of please? Of course. Who, who, is the patron saint of Catholic schools. First, I got to run your credit. Oh. But afterwards, <laughs> I see. it's St. Ignatius. Ah. And if my credit was bad, who would it be? Uh, 
San Ignatius. Oh, I see. <laughs> Ignatius yeah. of Loyola? Loyola. I see. Okay. Loyola. Uh, Adrian, I wonder if you might help me. I'm pretty sure you once went to a school. I did go to a school. Then you're eminently qualified. It's true. Could you tell me who is the patron saint of Catholic schools? Well, as someone who went to Catholic schools since I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. I actually went to St. Thomas High School. Really? And then I went to the University of St. Thomas in what? Houston. I'm noticing a trend. And so... Ah, Thomas the Apostle. Very clearly, mm-hmm. the answer is Thomas Aquinas. Very... Because Not Thomas the Apostle. Is it? Mm, when some people huh. who paint portraits on schools named Thomas I see, Aquinas I see. may have done before. Um, are you saying it's very clear because you went to schools named after Aquinas? That's why it's clear? That's not why. Oh, I see. But it should be why. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Daniel in San Antonio, you got options. The patron saint of Catholic schools. Adrian says St. Thomas Aquinas. Rudy says St. Ignatius of Loyola. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Daniel, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian. Wow. You are you are awfully close there, Daniel. Way you, to go, Daniel! You, you almost said Good the words job. out loud. You almost said Adrian is right, but You're wiser, you held back. Smarter, I agree. He is became wise. stronger. He held back. Faster, more attractive. Very prudent. Did All not these things admit publicly Adrian when you go with correct. Adrian. Well Confirmed. played, Daniel. Well Trust played. the science. <laughs> You're in the cup. You could win. St. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas is correct. Pray for us. <laughs> My boy Aquinas. Anything else? You Are you done over there? Or? No. Okay. But now. <laughs> You're in the cup, Daniel. Let's see if we can't get you in twice. We're going to go to Adrian this time. See? I'm not done. Who uh, has been sick quite a bit, actually. Yeah. After this, I'm leaving. The sickest person I know, anyway. So sick, bro. Exactly. That's the reference. Yeah. So sick, bro. <laughs> Uh, Adrian, could you help me out? No. The direct healing or curing of the sick through divine power is called what? Oh, that's what you want to know. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. Oh. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. David Hume and Immanuel Kant of the 18th century uh-huh. enlightenment. Yeah. They hated. Ooh. What did they hate? Mm. Oh, that was miracles. Oh. They hated miracles. Which is a direct healing or curing of the sick through divine power. Uh They thought it wasn't possible. All miracles? They didn't think any miracles were possible. They're like, how can you say Jesus rose from the dead if uh, Mm -hmm. people don't Mm -hmm. rise from the dead? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's why it's a miracle. Okay, so so it wasn't Jesus multiplying loves and fishes. It was just the sharing of bread. That would be what Hume would say. Got it. So your answer is miracles. A miracle. Mm -hmm. All right, Rudy, could you help me out? The direct healing or curing of the sick through divine power is called what? Glory and amen. We call that snake handling. Really? Yeah. Are you being serious? Oh, yeah. How's it going? (laughs) Yeah. One more and time. Amen. Okay. Uh, all I'm right. uncomfortable. Daniel, I also am uncomfortable, but Daniel, you have options. Uh, Rudy says this is called snake handling, which apparently still is a thing between San Antonio and New Braunfels, by the way. <laughs> and then Adrian says it's called a miracle. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Daniel in San Antonio, what say you? I'm going to once again go with it. The, on purpose? I mean, like. You did that already, Daniel. You checked that box. You 
You were gracious. Oh, Daniel. You were charitable. You know, Daniel, it's also confirmed that when you go with Adrian, <laughs> mm-hmm. your hair re- is restored to its luster whenever you what were just it was 18. already fine? What? You don't know if Daniel's hair is bad. I don't know. My, my hair is already going bad. Daniel. Okay, maybe it's not. You are correct, though, by the way. Hopefully not. Miracle is there. Daniel, have you been to the snake handling farm? I'm just curious. I have not. You got to go, Daniel. In fact, don't go to work. Go straight there. <laughs> Go straight, tell your boss you got you got priorities. I'm today. busy. I got to go to the yeah. snake handling farm. <laughs> and then text us pictures of you holding a rattle. And then text us a picture it. of your uh, yeah. note getting fired. Yeah. Here with no, your pizza. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, we gotta go. Third question. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me what what does it mean when a religious at? is calced? Formally, it meant that somebody was getting calced, you know. Someone's getting calced. I got it. But it actually means Mm -hmm. he or she is wearing boots or shoes. Calced. Calced. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, um, could you help me out here? What does it mean when a religious is is calced? Well, Rudy's answer makes no sense. It obviously means that they are allowed to have milk. Oh, because many religious orders calcium? are not allowed to drink milk ever. Oh. And some are calced, meaning they get more calcium like as they drink milk. It. I got mm-hmm. it. It's kind of like when kids say based. Uh, like, well, this is, is actually like is referring to <laughs> the, say the original calced. Hebrew and the different religious orders. I got it. All yeah. right. Daniel, uh, what does it mean when a religious is calced? Adrian says it's when they have uh, adequate supply of milk, apparently. They're allowed to drink it. They're allowed to drink it. Uh, but Rudy says it's when he or she is wearing boots or shoes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Daniel, what say you? Um, I'm going to guess on this one. I'm going to go with Rudy this time. Wow. What a genius. Absolute genius. Yes, of course. Although sandals don't count. They're allowed to wear sandals, apparently. No, that's discalced. Discalced wear sandals. The discalced ones wear sandals? Yeah. But they don't the count. Cal- they they're somehow shoes. not shoes. Right. This makes sense to me. Daniel, you are correct. Perfect score. You played fantastic. Congratulations, Daniel. God bless you. Thanks for playing our game. Thanks for hanging out with us. Pick up some rattlesnakes sometime soon. Let us know how that goes. We'd love to know. But otherwise, we're going to put you on hold, Daniel, and wish you the best. And you have to tune in tomorrow to find out if it's God's will you should win. By the way, special announcement tomorrow right here. We'll see you then. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Clear as... The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Salt Community. This morning's Mass is being offered for the repose of the soul of Mercedes Flores and for all those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media. The church is one on a... 
Son is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who adorned Saints Timothy and Titus with apostolic virtues, grant through the intercession of them both that living justly and devoutly in this present age, we may merit to reach our heavenly homeland through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Reading from the beginning of the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. I yearn to see you again, recalling your tears so that I may be filled with joy as I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and that I am confident lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. The word of the Lord. 
Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among all peoples, his wondrous deeds. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Give to the Lord, you families of nations. Give to the Lord glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. He made the world firm not to be moved. He governs the people with equity. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. A lamp to light my feet is your word, a light to my path. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed, and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, Take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The Gospel of the Lord. morning's gospel we hear the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you and still more will be given to you sometimes we can kind of hear a little echo or premonition of this even in the secular culture when people say things like what comes around goes around and phrases to that extent i think in with respect to this gospel today the measure that you which which you measure we measured out to you we really can consider it in our relationship with other people and also then first and foremost in our relationship with God. With respect to other people, we probably notice in life that it's true, the measure that we hold in our heart for how we look upon other people, for the goodness that we see in them, or perhaps the over-critique that we provide for them, or the judgmentalness we provide toward them, that attitude that we have toward them winds up coming back upon us. If we're generous in our thoughts and other people, if we see the good in them and highlight it and are positive toward that, then oftentimes it free us, frees us in our own behavior because we kind of have a natural presumption that other people do the same with us. 
Whereas if we're very critical and we keep noticing all the faults and are very judgmental, then that measure comes back to us and we tend to shrivel and cower a little bit because we think, oh boy, I wonder if people are noticing my faults and weaknesses the same way that I am noticing theirs. Sometimes it even happens if you're with a group of people and if you notice that they're constantly criticizing other people who are not around, then you very quickly have the thought, boy, I wonder if that means when I leave that I'm the next one who's going to be targeted and who's going to be taken of. And eventually what happens? Well, division comes to that group of people and they split up and that measure which they themselves have applied comes back and looks upon them. Conversely, for people who are supportive, encouraging, and loving toward others, inevitably those are the people when they have their funeral, provided they didn't die when they're 120 and everybody is already gone from their lives, those are the ones where there's a lot of people there because they remember this person was loving, encouraging, and generous in their thoughts and judgments. Even more importantly, though, we have to recall that the same principle applies in our relationship with God. I love how the Gospel says, the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, the more will be given. What it's really saying is the generosity of God can never be outdone. Written into the Gospel is the principle of self-gift. It's the law of the Gospel that in losing your life for Jesus Christ, you find it, and to the one who's willing to lose their life for Christ, to generously give their life completely for him, God's generosity is never outdone. And he always rewards and fulfills that person with even more coming back than what they ever would have imagined. I suppose even in religious life it's an example of that, that Jesus says, yeah, and foregoing the sake of having your own family, your own spouse, your own children, you will have many brothers and sisters in this life and the next life to come. When you belong to a religious community or religious family, in many ways you experience that to be true. You have all sorts of members in your community who are like brothers and sisters to you. You have an opportunity to be close to the lay faithful in a special way that they become like family to you. It's a way that in giving your life, God's generosity is not outdone. But we should also point out that that law of self-gift, uh, it's never a one-time decision. Every day we have to decide, am I going to be generous with my time and my attention and my devotion and charity today? Or am I going to be about carving out my own me time where I can do what I want and have my own plans and do my own things? And every day of our life we get to make that decision. Am I going to live for God? Am I going to live for others? Am I going to give myself generously and make of my life a gift to God and a gift for other people? Or am I going to retract inward and try and hold on to it myself? And the irony, of course, we know is the more we try to hold on to it ourselves, the more it merely slips through our fingers and we don't find happiness anyway. And so my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward, let us ask God for the grace that we would always be generous in our thoughts, judgments, and attitudes toward other people, that we would be people of service, charity, and generosity toward others. And first and foremost, let us ask God for the grace that our hearts would always be open 
every day of our life to give each day to the Lord, knowing that his generosity can never be outdone. And part of this reward we already experience now as we go forward in the sacred mass to receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. We pray for the repose of the soul of Mercedes Flores, that she would enjoy the beatific vision, we pray to the Lord. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, We pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Walking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, O Lord, my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be. Thou in my dwelling, and I one with thee. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Receive, O Lord, we pray, the offerings of your people, which we bring in celebration of Saints Timothy and Titus, and in your kindness render us fully acceptable by giving us sincerity of heart through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks 
Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, forbears on the festival of Saints Timothy and Titus, you bid your church rejoice. So too you strengthen her by the example of their holy lives. Teach her by their words of preaching and keep her safe in answer to their prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, Pleni sunt celi et terra, gloria tua, O sana in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, O sana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. <clears throat> the mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember your servant Mercedes, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that she who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, 
with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Precepti salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, Sicud in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, Sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress. As we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those who are not able to receive our Lord in the sacrament of Holy Communion, 
At this time, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion with us. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Adoro te devote latens deitas, que subis figuris vere latitas, tibi seco meum totum subjicit, Quia te contemplans totum deficit. Visus tactus custus in te falitur. Sed auditus solo tuto creditur. Credo quid quid ixit Dei filius, nil hoc verbo eritatis verius. In cruce latebat sola deitas, Ad hic latet simul et humanitas. Amo tamen credens adque confitens, peto quod petivit latro penitens. Plaga sicut Thomas non in tuheor, Deum tamen meum te confiteor. Fac me tibi semper magis credere, in te spem abere te diligere. Let us pray. May the sacrament we have received, O Lord our God, nourish in us that faith taught by the preaching of the apostles and kept safe by the labors of Saints Timothy and Titus through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love.
The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Tune to KSHJ, 